Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. I, I do want to share a message. I love reflecting on what Jesus Christ did for us, particularly on Good Friday. Now remember, we call it Good Friday because we know what came from Friday. But for Jesus, it was not a Good Friday. Anyone ever had a bad day? Well, this was the ultimate of bad days for Jesus. And we're going to have a time of communion in just a moment. But before we get into that, I want to share a thought. And it's a thought I've entitled, Silence of the Lamb. Some of you may remember a movie of a similar name. This is not that. (laughs) There'll be no images from that film. So relax, chill. But Silence of the Lamb is the title of my Good Friday message this year. And I wonder if you would turn with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. And as he was coming to the end of his age, he wrote down what he saw and heard Jesus did and said. And I want to read from Matthew chapter 26, verse 59 this morning. And it says this, the chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking, get this, for false evidence to accuse Jesus so they could put Him to death. But underline this next bit, they could not find any. I love that thought. Our Saviour was an innocent man. But they did not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, Two came forward and declared, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. And the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Are you going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained Silent. Jesus remained for those at home watching online it hasn't frozen it's okay just <laughs> did that for effect at home stupid television <laughs> Jesus remained silent You know, the book of Ecclesiastes tells us there's a time to speak and there's a time to keep silent. Yet as a society, if we're honest, we have voted in favour of speaking. Everyone wants to have their say. Social media only exacerbates that thought. Social media never stops speaking with all of its words, with all of its pictures, with all of its videos, with all of its images. You think about Will Smith and what he did at the Oscars. I mean, within seconds, right across the face of the earth, everyone had an opinion about that particular moment. Was it staged? Wasn't it staged? Was he right? Was he wrong? And everyone engaged on the opinion. And maybe some of you did that. That's okay. We live in a world of noise. We live in a world of opinion. Dan said to me this morning, had a great time celebrating Mitchie's 22nd birthday. And he said, but Tony, I've got to be honest with you, I don't know if I'm getting old, but man, these young guys, the volume of the noise, it was so noisy. And I looked at Dan and said, yep, you're getting old. 
Our obsession with speaking and our obsession with noise has crowded out the positive value of silence. Yet Jesus mastered the art of silence, not only for that moment, but also for each and every one of us. At His trial, we read that Pontius Pilate tried to acquit Jesus, but Pilate lacked the courage to see it through. He wasn't gonna risk his life for Jesus and so effectively, he throws Jesus under the bus. And Pilate gave in to the noisy, vocal crowd. He gave them what they wanted. He released Barabbas for Jesus. He released the guilty for the innocent. The vocal crowd got their way. But here's the thing. Jesus remained silent. He didn't defend Himself. He just remained silent. There was no eloquent speech from Jesus. There was no defence from Jesus, only silence. And in that moment, the volume of the people appeared to have defeated the silence of Jesus. But I'm here to tell you this morning, nothing could be further from the truth. So why was Jesus silent? And equally as important, what does that mean for you and for me today? I don't know about you, if it doesn't have a bearing on our life today, we're wasting our time. Let's just go paddleboarding. I mean, come on, let's do something else. But what's the benefit of the silence of Christ some 2,000 years ago for us in 2022? I'm so glad you asked. A few thoughts. Number one, that His silence was a sign of security. See, Jesus didn't speak because Jesus didn't need to. Because Jesus didn't need people's approval or people's blessing. Imagine living a life where you don't need to be led by people's blessing or approval. In actual fact, when Jesus was baptised, the voice of the Father came and said, this is my Son whom I love and with Him I am well pleased. Before Jesus ever did a miraculous sign, He felt the blessing and the favour, the identity, acceptance and approval of the Father before He did anything. And so He lived a secure life because all of us need to receive our identity, acceptance and approval from someone and Jesus got it from the Father in heaven. And so He didn't need it from anyone else. If we don't get it from the right place, we will try to get it in other ways and forms and we will reduce who we were intended to be. In John chapter 2, verse 23, it says, During the time He was in Jerusalem, those days of the Passover feast, many people noticed the sign He was displaying and seeing they pointed straight to God, they entrusted their lives to Him. But get this, this is Jesus' response. But Jesus didn't entrust His life to them. He knew them inside out. He knew how untrustworthy they were. Jesus knew that the people for the most part came to Him to get something from Him. 
If they were hungry, they'll go to Jesus. If they wanted a miracle, they'd go to Jesus. But they only ever came to Him for what they could get out of Him. But Jesus' love is different. Jesus loves us for who we are, not what we can give Him. That's why He came. That's why He laid down His life because He's madly and passionately in love with us. The good news this morning, people, is this, that we have a secure Saviour. And because we have a secure Saviour, it means He can help us with our insecurities. Is there anyone who's just a little bit insecure this morning? Well, you're in good hands because we have a God who is absolutely 100% secure. So secure that when He was falsely accused, when He was beaten, battened and bruised, He remained silent. Secondly, He was silent His silence, sorry, was a display of strength. Not only was it a display of security, but it was also a display of His strength. Jesus didn't say any more because He didn't need to say any more. In that moment in Jesus' life, it was a time not to talk, but it was a time to trust. There's a time to talk. And there's a time to be silent. You ever heard the saying, silence is golden. Because sometimes trust trumps talking. Have you ever noticed sometimes the harder you try, the worse it gets? And the more you try, the more effort, the more energy, the more sleep you lose, the more tired you get, and it gets worse and worse and worse. And we think with all of our efforts and by all of our work and all of our words, things will get better. And Jesus is pointing us to a better way a stronger way, just to trust. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 7, Jesus addressed this thing. He says, when you pray, you keep babbling on like the pagans, thinking that you'll be heard by your many words. I'm convinced that much of our praying isn't praying, it's just communing with our worries. When really we should just trust. And so this Easter, this Good Friday, can I just say in a loving, encouraging way, let's stop trying harder and start trusting more. We have a Saviour who is strong and He can help us in our weaknesses. So let's trust more in His strength and stop relying in our own strength. Are you with me this morning? Thirdly, His silence was an act of surrender. Everyone say surrender. You see, moments before Jesus was arrested, He was found in the Garden of Gethsemane. And knowing what was about to happen, Jesus withdraws from the disciples and He's all alone with the Father. And the Bible records He's sweating droplets of blood, which is a sign that He's under extreme pressure. You know when you're under pressure and you start sweating? Well, when you're under extreme pressure, those droplets of sweat can contain blood. And Jesus is sweating droplets of blood because of what He's about to face. And he goes before the Father in heaven. He says, Father, if this cup can be removed from me. In other words, if there is a plan B, if there is another way, show me now. I'm all ears. But no sooner does he say that, he follows it with these words, yet not my will, but yours be done. In other words, if there's another way, I'm all ears. But if this is the only way, I'm all yours. 
I'm all ears, but more importantly, I'm all yours. I'm all in. I'm fully surrendered. Not my will, but yours be done. For Jesus knew that was His mission. Everything that was happening to that moment was a setup for His mission. You see, Jesus came to die. Jesus knew that. He spoke about His death often. Matthew 20 verse 18 says, We are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law and they will condemn Him to death, speaking of Himself. Jesus spoke many times about His death. One of those times was when He spoke to Peter and Peter rebuked Him because Peter didn't want Jesus to die. Peter had another plan for Jesus, but Jesus said, no, it must be this way. He was the Lamb that was to be slain. Again, Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, Jesus said, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but came to serve and came to give His life as a ransom for many. And this is the good news about this day. That many includes Ashley. And it includes everyone in this room. The many includes us. See, Jesus was not only the Messiah King, but He was also the suffering servant who was willing to surrender His life for the sake of others. His silence, fourthly, was the fulfilment of Scripture. See, not only did Jesus talk about His death, but the prophets of old spoke about the death of this Messiah King, this suffering servant. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7, we read, He was oppressed, He was afflicted, yet He did not open His mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Jesus stood before his accusers and was silent. And not only was he silent before the authorities, but having endured four trials, Having been falsely accused, being beaten, flogged, mocked, ridiculed, he was forced to carry a cross weighing 150 pounds, some 650 yards along the Via Della Rosa. And there he was nailed to the cross in his hands and his feet, and he was crucified. And he hung on that cross for a period of time of six hours, from 9am in the morning to 3pm in the afternoon. And it was there on the cross, he breathed his last. And Jesus was silent for three days. See, his death was not the end. His death was the completion of His mission. Everything He came to do was finished. In that moment, everything had been paid in full. 
His sacrifice meant that every one of our sins, past, present and future, had been paid in full. Those three days of silence was a precursor to the greatest comeback of all time. See, Jesus didn't die young. Jesus didn't die old. Jesus died finished. He completed the task. He achieved what He came to do. And He waited three days. And on Sunday, we're gonna celebrate what happened on that third day. Because that third day is a game changer. That third day changes everything. The question that begs to be asked on this particular Good Friday is why did He do it? Why would Jesus go through all that suffering? Why would He go through all that pain? Why would He endure false accusation after false accusation? Why didn't He speak up? Why didn't He call angels from heaven to come down and rescue Him in that moment? And the answer is that if He saved Himself, He would never have saved you or me. The reason He did it is because love knows no limit. We've seen enough stories on the television where people run into a fiery building to rescue the ones they love. Those people would never run into that fiery building if there wasn't someone on the inside that they loved. You just let it burn down. But if there's someone or something in there that you love, you'll put yourself on the line. We saw first responders run into the Trade Tower Centre and, and lose their lives to help others. True love knows no limit. I know some of you parents have watched some of the worst soccer games in the world in the freezing cold and you only did it because you loved your son. (laughs) Or you stand in the freezing cold watching the netball because you love your daughter. Or maybe if they're a little bit creative and they just wanna paint your nails, you let them do it. Why? Because love knows no limits. Jesus went to the cross and endured everything that I've discussed and so much more that I don't have time to talk about because He's madly and passionately in love with each and every one of us. If you don't hear anything else I've said today, know this, you are loved. You are fully known by God. He knows you, warts and all. And yet He's madly and passionately in love with you. And He wants to spend His life with you. Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, it gives us a moment in time for us to be forgiven. and enjoy all time and eternity with Him. 
Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.